we're just three years in our football program, but I want to tell you ahead of time, we're scheduling tough teams as we do in basketball, baseball, wrestling, because we plan, it's our plan to have our athletic program comparable to USC, to Notre Dame, to Alabama, to anybody in time. Welcome to SparkPod episode 10. Where are you? 10 episodes in. That's pretty incredible. Today we're going to talk about Liberty's win over Western Carolina. We'll preview the 2020 basketball non-conference schedule. And we'll also talk about the upcoming NC State game. SparkPod starts now. This is SparkPod. So, obviously Saturday, Liberty destroyed Western Carolina. My prediction was 60-0. to zero. Didn't quite make it to 60. Didn't quite hold them to zero, but I was pretty close. Um, what did you think of the game on Saturday? I thought it was great. I mean, that was exactly what we needed to do, especially playing a team that you're supposed to do that to, and then going into... We keep saying, like, the biggest game of the year, but we keep winning, so it becomes the new biggest game of the year, yeah. but... I mean, we have a chance to sweep the ACC, so it's definitely huge. I think got to rest like a lot of the big starters, like didn't play in the second yeah. half. Malik didn't play in the second half, so it, I think it's exactly it's it's the best thing you probably can have. It might even be better than a bye week because you get to play, you get to like dominate, and then going into the next week, you're ready. Yeah, there's a lot of impressive moments. Personally, one of my favorite things about Saturday actually was the crowd. I mean, there's still like the limited social distance and everything, but it was the fullest I think it's been this year coming off of the big win against Virginia Tech. I mean, usually usually Cade tries to go and wait, wait in line before the game, but there's a long line. I somehow got a lottery ticket, um, but um, <laughs> you weren't able to get it yeah, this weekend. I was rejected, which is sad. <laughs> yeah, but it was a it was a great environment. Um, a lot of a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun plays, a lot of action on the field. Um, yeah, Alex Barbier made a new career long. He had a 51-yarder against uh, Virginia Tech, made a 54-yard. So he's he's really coming on. He kind of struggled to start, but that was just because he was getting his feet underneath him. But I guess the one issue that I had was penalties seemed to be a bit of an issue. Really, the only two Western Carolina scores came on like a big third-down penalty that gave him a first down. But... Other than that, I didn't really have any issues. What were some of your favorite plays? Some of my favorite plays was definitely the Malik Willis really long run because he was just gone. No one could touch him. And then uh, the big touchdown passes, there were like two of them that come to mind. Um, so it was definitely impressive. And I think they stressed that in this game, throwing the ball. Yeah, there was definitely a lot more throwing. Really the only running, they put it on J-Max back. And he did a lot of the running in the first half. And then they kind of sat him later on. Um, I Let's see, I think some of my favorite plays, the 84-yard touchdown pass to Kevin Shaw, that was really exciting. Um, the one-handed interception, 
that was everybody stood up, started going crazy in the stands. Um, and then, I don't know, the Jonathan Bennett touchdown, cool to see him be able to get one of those. Um, it's actually really cool. Hugh Freeze said, probably one of the things that pleased me the most is getting every single kid that we had dressed out in the game. So that's really cool for, I mean, for all the parents and for all the players to be able to not only be on the ranked team, but get to play on the field on ESPNU. So that's pretty cool. Um, do you have any other notes from the game? I mean, not really. Obviously, a little bit of a slow start, but I feel like that oftentimes happens. Um, but controlled the game, even though the score didn't necessarily show it from start to finish. And just really proud. I'm, I'm excited to play in C-State this week. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a ton of other notes from the game either. Um, usually we go a lot more in-depth, but there's just so much happened that it's not really worth it. Um, there is a fun little note. I believe Liberty scored on their first drive in every game this year, so keep an eye out for that on Saturday. Hmm. But there, that's a fun fact. And then another fun fact, they never punted in this game. There was a fourth and like three or something early in the first half where they went for it and didn't get it. But no punts, so I guess that's kind of a plus. But after after the big win, winning by however much, I don't want to do that math in my head right now, Liberty football only moved up one spot, 21 in the AP poll. Personally, I was a little disappointed. But I guess when nobody in front of you plays or loses, then it kind of makes it Didn't SMU? To move up. Yeah, SMU, that was the only spot when they, they were jumped. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, I feel like we should have been at least 20 last week and potentially in the teens. I don't really understand why Coastal Carolina gets more love than we do in the polls. But Yeah, heck, or BYU. I mean, they did beat Boise State, but yeah. even before that, they were way up in there. Yeah, so I think it's just bias, but that's okay. Um, we'll, we'll keep winning, so yeah. it'll be all right. Another little fun stat BYU, Notre Dame, and Liberty are all 8-0 yeah. with the best records in the country. So mm-hmm. um, it's <laughs> – what's what's that uh, – what was that thing? It was like – fulfilling the vision. A Catholic, a Mormon, and a oh, Baptist yeah. walk into an 8-0 record. That was really funny. But mm-hmm. that is really – I see a red on Twitter said um, Jerry Sr. would be proud. And it was actually really cool. Jonathan Follow responded and was like, indeed he would. Mm-hmm. That made me smile. Yeah, even my religion professor – he was a player at Liberty when they were D2. Oh, really? And so he put that up today, and he was talking about how proud he was um, just of the team and having like, played yeah. here back in the day. It's Van Ingen, right? Yeah, Van Ingen. Van Ingen. <laughs> He's awesome. <laughs> if, if you haven't taken him and you have to take religion, I highly recommend Van Ingen. Um, but speaking of fulfilling the vision and other things, Hugh Freeze, this, was, this came out last Wednesday after we released the podcast, he signed a contract extension through 2026, and that's really big because it comes amidst all these rumors of, oh, well, there's all these other schools, Tennessee, South Carolina, Michigan, Penn State, all looking at him, and he signed an extra contract extension just kind of, I guess, to say, like, back off. Jerry yeah. Prevo said, like, we just want to say that we're committed to mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I think the way I look at it is it's not necessarily going to keep schools away from him, I don't think, because... Even with the bigger buyout, I don't think SEC schools have a problem fulfilling that. I think it creates a win-win situation for Liberty and the fact that either we keep Hugh Freeze, definite win, or if we do lose him, we get extra guaranteed money. 
And so mm-hmm. I think that's really smart on the administration standpoint. Um, and I could be wrong about this in the future. I don't think Hugh Freeze is going to leave this year, at least not for South Carolina. I don't yeah. see him taking that job for a lot of reasons. Are we talking about that later? I can say yeah. my opinion. Well, I, I, got, I got a quote coming up. Um, I mean, he seems really committed to Liberty, at least for the foreseeable future. And they asked about South Carolina because, obviously, um, a few days ago, Will Muschamp, the head coach there, was fired. But um, just all the rumors swirling and everything, they asked him about it. And this is just right after he signed the contract. And Hugh said, you can keep asking, but my total focus is on Liberty University and building this program. I don't know how else I can address it. So, I mean, that's like that really gives me hope, at least, again, for the foreseeable future. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like one day he might want to leave. But, um, yeah, get into all your South Carolina trash talk or whatever you're going (laughs) to. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, I mean, it's not – look, it's in the SEC, so obviously it's desirable. But – and obviously it's Power 5, Liberty's not. But if you look at – I mean, the the thing about Hugh Freeze being here is there's not nearly the pressure to win here as there is at South Carolina. Not saying he wouldn't want that. But you don't have the pressure. He's already making – with the contract extension, they estimate $3 million a year. Will Muschamp was making four, maybe a little more than that. So obviously making a million more, which is definitely a lot, but three million is still a ton of money. So he's not hurting. Um, he's we're undefeated, eight zero, ranked. I mean, he's breaking every record here. He's building the program he wants from the ground up. He has really a lot of freedom to do that. And just there's there's a lot of things you go to South Carolina just with expectations that you don't necessarily get to do. And, and and it's so political there. And even with, like, coordinator hires, like Arkansas, the reason that Houston not left was because it got political and they wanted him to hire Gus Malzahn. You know, you look at other schools, the same stuff happens. Uh, I mean, there's just so much that influences it, and, like, there's none of that here. Hugh Freeze can hire anybody he wants. He has complete freedom, obviously, like, oversight, so he's not doing sketchy stuff, which I don't think he is. But there's just so much that he gets to do here that he probably won't get to do there. He, I mean, he sticks around here long enough. He's going to have a statue. It's going to be <laughs> probably Hugh Freeze Field at Arthur Williams Stadium. Like, there's, there's so much that he can do if he stays that I don't know if it's worth it, at least right now, for him to go to South Carolina. Yeah. He did say – they also asked him about a statue, and he said he wasn't in it for a statue, but um, he made some very valid points. I mean, the – Matt Rule did come into Baylor and have some pretty immediate success, but it still took a, a couple seasons to turn it around. And that's what, like, the issue with the SEC is a lot of people are expecting immediate success. You come in and have one, two years of, like, less than average seasons, you're basically going to get the boot again, even if you haven't really had the opportunity to recruit or anything. Versus here at Liberty, we haven't expected anything. There's not, a, like, a history of winning um, at least not at in, this in level. The, yeah, at this level. <laughs> I should have clarified that. Yeah. Hey, um, we haven't had a losing season in like 20 years or something like true. that. That's so. <laughs> true. But yeah, there's the expectations just are not there to like be perennial 10 and 2 teams or anything like that. So um, now He Freeze can build in that expectation to this mm-hmm. program. But that's just all, I mean, it's all him. And you're talking about like the more he wins, the more freedom I feel like he has to, like you said, hire whoever he wants and um, just basically do whatever he wants with the football team. Um, and I also feel like his connections, again, with the Liberty administration, with David Nasser, with Ian McCall, 
Coach McKay. Coach McKay, He said they were good friends. Yeah, like all of that, they they just have so many good friendships right now that um, I think he just really enjoys it here, and it would take a lot, at least in the next few years, for him to be taken away. But, um, yeah, I hope that's enough to keep South Carolina away. Also, they're in the SEC East. I mean, I have no doubt that he could turn around South Carolina to, like, be able to beat Clemson and compete for a title, but... Yeah, my thing, too, is when he came here, he kind of said, like, give me five years and we'll turn this into, like, a top group of five program. And, like, same thing, like, if he goes to South Carolina, it'll probably be, like, give me five years and we'll be competing in SEC. Well, you're in year two at Liberty. Do you want to start over, like, completely at South Carolina? Um, And it's probably, I mean, it probably, it's definitely going to be harder there because you got to play Clemson every year, except for COVID, they're not playing because conference only. But you're playing Clemson every year, that's your rival. That's tough. And then you're playing Georgia, Florida. If Missouri turns out to be good, you're playing them. I don't see that lasting. I don't know. I'm a drink with hater. It's fine. Kentucky has been on the uptick. I mean, this year. I mean, yeah, almost. Okay, I'm just, <laughs> hey, I'm being positive about the Wildcats. I'm just saying, and then you got to play across the West a different thing. I don't know. It's just there's a lot that is challenging about the SEC. Not that he couldn't do it because, like, Ole Miss wasn't good, and he went in and made it good. But, yeah, so that's, that's my two cents. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something else, and I completely forgot. But, oh, yeah, you mentioned the five years thing. Honestly, that might just be in his head right now. Like, I just want to get to five years, see where I'm at with, mm-hmm. like, both both personal life and with the program, and then he might reevaluate and just kind of see what opportunities are out there. And, I mean, if he keeps winning here, there will definitely be a lot of opportunities to go both continue further up in this program or to go other places. But also, m- maybe um, that's just what he's waiting for, the five-year mark. I'm curious, too, this year, if Cincinnati gets in the playoff, all right, is there a scenario where Hugh Freeze is like, if Cincinnati could do it, give me some more time. Can we build Liberty into something like that? <laughs> the the group of five team that makes it in. So I, I'm curious, depending on does Cincinnati make it? Cincinnati and Notre Dame. I mean, yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting if Hugh Freeze is like, hey, give me some time. We can we can build up to that. Yeah. I also um, brought up the Jerry junior or jerry senior transition thing mm-hmm. to mention um hugh freeze they asked hugh freeze about that and he said it's pretty neat for sure to get this program closer to what jerry senior's original vision was and that's super cool just to see everybody talking about the vision mm-hmm. I mean, i'd like to think that we started it <laughs> but <laughs> i don't think we necessarily did maybe we brought it back to some people's attention i don't know yeah, i mean i love that audio clip i love that we use it in every episode and it's just incredible because nobody thought that would ever happen and we're so close like we're not there yet but even even when we moved up to d1 i mean you can go look on the internet like i did and there are so many articles that are like why is liberty joining as an independent this is stupid like they should be trying to make fcs playoffs not low level bowl games like talking about how it's so dumb they don't have a conference but like look at what we're doing like it's awesome yeah uh and i mean he literally compares it to like he wants to be like Notre Dame, like a Christ, a Baptist version of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and both have the same records. I mean, granted, they're playing all ACC teams. Mm-hmm. We have played two ACC teams yeah. and one kind of on the same path, tracking with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're about to play Coastal. Coastal is very good. Yeah, I mean, we're playing four teams that are incredibly solid. 
So yeah, it's crazy. Year one in the FBS. I mean, not much happening. Eight and five bowl win. That's yeah. oh wait, you talking about the the, the first year? Okay, yeah, so the first we it depends on like how you look at it because the first technically the like transition year I think is what that is called because you're not eligible for a bowl yeah. game. But we go six and six. That's pretty dang yeah. good because that's all FCS players. And then year two got the bowl win, mm-hmm. eight and five, very impressive. And it's only year three, and we're eight now. Whether or not you count that first season, this could be technically year two. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it, I th- I've, I feel like this is more year two because we weren't bowl eligible. Like no matter what our record would have been, there was no we couldn't go to a bowl game. That's just NCAA rules. Yeah. Moving on to other news, uh, the Liberty D one hockey team unfortunately lost both games this weekend. Um, yeah, very unfortunate. The team they played is really good, though, so don't can't really fault anybody there. Some other big news coming out yesterday, or as yesterday as in Monday, the A-Sun is likely to add Eastern Kentucky, Central Arkansas, and Jacksonville State for the 2021 to 2022 season, and I would assume that would be for also, like, just after that. Yeah, because that was the thing about, it was talking about baseball specifically, I think, but if you're bringing them in for that, I believe they're bringing them for everything else too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Apparently they're in like a 60-day negotiation period. Um, yeah. Also, we are in the works, not confirmed, <laughs> potentially doing an interview <laughs> with the ASUN commissioner. Stay tuned. That'd be pretty cool. So we're trying to do that. We'll see how it goes. I'm in talks with their office right now. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like it. I like the idea of expanding. Um Honestly, I like Ted Gumbart. He's the commissioner. He So last year, if y'all remember, Flames fans, the A-Sun released this plan to expand to 20 teams, then split into two conferences, an 8-team and a 12-team conference that basically would be like a sister conference, one having football, one not. And then depending on number of schools, like if only – eight teams had lacrosse, then lacrosse would go to this conference. If only certain teams had swimming, then those schools could switch to this conference only for those sports. It was actually a really, it was very, it's very ambitious, but like a smart idea. And so basically it, I don't know how COVID obviously is changing it. We're adding potentially these teams and I'm excited because MJ, NJIT hopped out at the last minute. So (laughs) they stink. And (laughs) But now we're potentially getting these teams, and if the A-Sun is making moves like this, I don't mind Liberty sticking around a little longer, Yeah, some competition. Yeah, my question would be, would they get football going? I know Eastern Kentucky, Central Arkansas both have football programs as well. So And Jacksonville State, right? I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, the, yeah. I didn't do my research for that one. Yeah, yeah. so they, they do. Um, so all three do? Yeah, they're all FCS, which is what the A-Sun football would be. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's... I mean, that could make a case for Liberty to stick around in the A-Sun for a few extra seasons, even if they are looking to jump up to a bigger conference. But I mean, honestly, though, like with the A-Sun expanding and becoming more competitive, it's it would be like Gonzaga in the WAC. Like, we would be the Gonzaga of the East in this mid-major conference, and I'm, I'm cool with it. Like, if, we, if the A-Sun is about building and expanding, becoming competitive, like, why not stay and be the Gonzaga of the East? Hmm. I don't know if I agree with you or not there. <laughs> I don't know. That that would be cool. But also it'd be cool to be in like a power, like a power six, the American conference mm-hmm. or something like that. I mean, I feel like that's still also a long way off 
if that's a possibility. But I, I mean, I won't. I wouldn't complain about either one, honestly. <laughs> as long as Liberty is a powerhouse. As long yeah. as we're in the tournament too, yeah. year in year yeah. out. Yeah, and I mean, I'm originally from Kentucky, so Eastern Kentucky. That's exciting. And then we both live in Arkansas now. We can make fun of all our Arkansas friends whenever Liberty beats. <laughs> UCA. That's true, <laughs> I, which we probably would. They're struggling right now, but it would be cool because that's where a lot of my best friends go. So Yeah. Other basketball news, Liberty adds a game against UMass to the schedule. Now, that this is still kind of, I guess, in jeopardy because apparently um, a UMass player just recently tested positive for COVID, and I don't know if that if they actually have canceled the game or not officially, but... It's still, like, it's November 29th is when they scheduled the game for, and today is the 17th, so you still got, like, 12 days. So I feel like that should be plenty of, ta- plenty of time. Um, I don't know. I hope that game keeps going on. Because if, if that stays on, Liberty will have four games within the span of a week. Mm. <laughs> Basketball season coming up quickly. Yeah. I like our schedule. I guess we're gonna get, we'll probably get into that more detail. Yeah. Even with a lot of the non-Division one teams, just with COVID, I think it's tough. Like, if we didn't have the Space Coast Challenge, maybe I'd be upset, but we do. So. Yeah. So moving on to shout-outs before we get to the basketball schedule. Um, you want to go with the first shout-out, Cade? Yeah, yeah. So definitely we have uh, Kevin Shaw with the two catches for 137 yards. That's impressive. That's probably a career high, <laughs> at least on uh, yards per catch. Because that's that'd be like hundred and fifty yeah. something yards per catch. Yeah, I mean the the one he just laid out for it, like he dove and caught it, and then the other one was that deep ball over the middle. That was super exciting. Uh, I want to give out a shout out to Darrell Johnson with that one handed interception. That was just super impressive. Like I said, all the people, all the fans just stood up. And we were just going crazy. I, He's I just a got, defensive end. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looked like a looked like Gandy Golden out there. I was eating french fries or something so i couldn't stand up and go crazy but i was screaming with food in my mouth uh, also i want to shout out quentin reese he's number 16 I, I haven't really seen him a whole lot this year at least not noticed him but he had a terrific game he was all over the field making plays this uh on saturday so shout out to quentin reese yeah and then the final shout out to the offensive line uh in general i thought played great but also one play in particular just created a massive hole and Malik Willis just took off running for the end zone, and, I mean, he was just so fast, and they yeah. couldn't catch him. Do you think that was a design play, or you think, because he looked like, he went for, like, the pass. I don't know if it was just a fake pass and up the middle, or yeah, cause, like, to they, me, I thought it was designed, but it looked designed. It looked designed to me, so. Yeah, some of the replays, I was kind of like, I don't know, but, yeah. I did, <laughs> I did record the game. It was on ESPNU. I recorded it so I can go back over winter break and watch it. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah, we need yeah. to put out a playlist of like Flames fans what to watch, but like to get you hype about Liberty Ooh, Sports. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> now it's time for the basketball non-conference preview. We'll get into the conference stuff later on in the winter, maybe before Christmas, maybe after Christmas. We'll see what the winter holds. But the non-conference schedule, quite a bit of games. Got 11 or 12 games, depending on what happens with this UMass game. Four of them are against schools that are not D1. I guess I guess NCCAA is D2, technically. I don't know. Anyways, the first games are part of the Space Coast Challenge in Melbourne, Florida. 
with game one being against Purdue. How are you liking the Flames in this game? All right, so I did some research. Not extensive, but I think, I mean, this is a good gauge. I mean, the whole Space Coast Challenge is a good gauge for us this year. Obviously, we're going to improve later in the season. But if we win this thing, if we win this Space Coast Challenge, then we're definitely good. I mean, any, I mean that's obvious. Um, but it would be interesting. Purdue had uh, a guy, one of their, I guess their top three scorers, I believe one of them graduated and then two transferred. But then they got two transfers from other places. So they're looking to be good. I looked at their roster, and they're quite a bit bigger than we are. So that'll be yeah. interesting to see what we do. Cause, but that's good experience because Lipscomb, I believe North Florida, and Stetson are pretty big uh, from what I, um, the scouting different rosters I looked at. So I think it'll be a good challenge. I hope we get to play Mississippi State and beat them again because that'd be awesome. Although beating Clemson would be fun. Yeah. And so, I don't know, we'll see. Um, Honestly, I couldn't make a prediction, couldn't tell you. I haven't seen this team play, and there's just yeah. a lot of new faces. I mean, there's still a lot of returning guys, but, I mean, guys who were on the bench last year who will start. Keegan McDowell, I've never seen that guy play, yeah. but apparently he's a good shooter, yeah. I've heard. He was here, and then he transferred last year, and then he came back. Yeah, well, he never, like, left. He entered the oh, portal, really? and then he stepped out of the portal, oh, okay. and he just basically redshirted. So. I just remember Keegan McDowell last year at the games when they passed around the faces for, like, the student mm-hmm. section to hold up. Uh, one of my friends got Keegan McDowell, and we were all like, "Who the heck is this?" Because <laughs> he wasn't like on the yeah. on the bench or on the team for the moment. And mm-hmm. we did some research, and we we're like, "Oh, this that's who that yeah. is." So it'll be interesting. I'm excited. I think even with the young team, McKay now has his players. Because like, if you, yeah. you like that senior class from last year was amazing, but Liberty was Georgie Pacheco Ortiz's only offer. You know, like mm-hmm. Caleb Holmesley was recruited by the previous coaching staff. Obviously, a lot of things worked out, but, like, it's, these are, like, McKay's guys. Yeah. Yeah, the Purdue game, I don't know how I'm feeling about it. I read an article, and Purdue was, like, it was, like, a top like top six or top ten teams that are going to be, like, underrated this year, and Purdue was, like, the first one. <laughs> so it will be a really good gauge. I mean, if I don't think Liberty is expected to win, but – if Liberty does win, it'll be a wake-up call for the A-Sun world, possibly the college basketball world, the beast of the East, the Gonzaga yeah. of the East. <laughs> I love that, beast of the East. <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know how I'm feeling about the Purdue game, but I do feel like we can win one of these Space Coast challenges. Would you rather play Mississippi State or Clemson? I mean, I guess the ACC is a better basketball conference normally yeah i would say maybe i don't know we'll see i think it'd be cool to beat clemson i i don't know it's tough it's cool because like if you beat mississippi state but how we beat you in the tournament and then we beat you now <laughs> and then also clemson is just clemson so that's cool yeah i feel like if we played mississippi state i'd be more worried because like some of their coaches or players might remember that and be like oh mm-hmm. we gotta get these guys back Versus Clemson. I mean, Liberty's had the ACC number this year, so that'd be kind of cool to... <laughs> Although Mississippi State might be a better matchup because yeah. Clemson plays Virginia every year, which is the same pack line That's true. thing. And the pack line is kind of an edge when you play teams that don't normally play it. Yeah. But yeah, I think I I expect Liberty to win one of these games. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be... The other team's going to be favored in 
both games that Liberty plays. The Mississippi State-Clemson game, it's not like we play winner or loser. It depends on if Liberty wins or loses the first game and then whoever wins or loses the other game. I think Liberty has a winning mentality. Yeah. I mean, you look at... I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but Darius McGee has... I guess so he's a is he a junior now. So he's been a part of both conference championship teams. Elijah Cuffey has played in three conference championships. He lost his first one, has won the previous two. Kyle Road, Shiloh were a part of the championship team last year. Blake Preston has been on two championship teams. Uh, Chris Parker transferred in from Division II Henderson State, but they won their conference tournament last year. Um, you're looking at guys that are just winners, I think. So I, I'm mm-hmm. excited to see the mentality and how they play. Yeah. So then the next game, or the next pair of games, I guess, are part of what's called Bubbleville and the Mohegan Sun, which is in Connecticut. And the first game, which, again, this is apparently in jeopardy now, is against UMass. They're obviously from Massachusetts. Um, they're the Atlantic part of the A-10, Atlantic 10 Conference. And then the other game is against Siena. And they're from New York. They also recently paused basketball activities due to COVID, and they're part of the MAAC, the MAC. But two D, two more D1, two more, um, I guess not exactly powerhouse mid-majors, but they're decent mid-major programs. Um, what do you, How do you feel about these games? I mean, I feel good about UMass. I don't think they're very good. They used to be good because Coach Cal was yeah. there, and he made them good, but I don't know where they are now. And then Siena... I can't remember if they won last year or not, but they're favored to win their conference this year, so that's really good for us to be able to play another really good mid-major. Yeah, and I'm hoping that, I mean, obviously you hope that these teams get better so that we can actually have the games, but hopefully the the COVID stuff, maybe they're having to pause basketball activities, that'll give the Liberty team a little bit of an edge. I, I also think Liberty will definitely beat UMass. Siena, that'll be a good game. But so these these games telling you there's a ton of basketball to start the season. Um, the Purdue game is Wednesday the 25th, a week from whenever this is released. One week. College basketball starts in one week. I'm so excited. Um, that's at six o'clock on CBS Sports Network. We'll go over this again next week. But then the next game, whenever we play Mississippi State or Clemson, that's on Thursday. And then Sunday is the UMass game. And then the next Monday is the Siena game. So a ton of game, four games within like six days or five days. That's insane. But looking forward to the start of basketball season. Um, yeah. Then Liberty's home opener is against St. Francis. They're part of the Northeast Conference, which is a D1 conference. Or, yeah, D1. And they're from Pennsylvania. Should be an easy dub. I, dub, I don't know much about them. You know uh, yeah, I don't either. Is St. Bonaventure, are they in that conference? Um, not sure. I don't know. There's so many conferences in college basketball, which I love. It's just yeah. really hard to keep track of. But I am, I'm excited. Home opener. I'm feeling. I mean, obviously, there's not going to be many people there. Six hundred max. Not yeah. a lot of students. But yeah, and I mean, it's December third. We'll all be. Mm-hmm. Most of us will probably be home. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Hopefully, they do good about like sharing video because with the court projection mapping stuff, like they're supposed to be able to do a lot of cool graphics and display so i hope they put that on the internet because i'm really excited about that i think it's what's going to make our arena one of the best mid-majors yeah uh in the country even among you know high major colleges just that the sheer niceness of it yeah 
So let's see, the Northeast Conference has teams. Um, the ones I recognize are Robert Morris, um, Fairleigh Dickinson, Mount St. Mary's, LIU. There's a few others, but okay. yeah, so really small. Um, yeah, ho- should be an easy dub, hopefully. Knock on wood, don't want to jinx that. <laughs> but hopefully the ESPN, I don't know if it'll be on ESPN 3 or Plus. I mean, I'll pay for it if it's on Plus, but <laughs> I'll just be sad. Um, hopefully they'll do a good job covering it from the new Liberty Arena. The next game is versus Bluefield College. They are a D2 NAIA school from Bluefield, Virginia. So it should be an easy rate. Dub. Mm-hmm. I think they're the Rams. Their logo's kind of cool. Okay. Have you seen anything from them? Uh, like research or anything? Not really. I mean, we should dominate. If we don't, we're in trouble. But yeah. <laughs> I, I expect that's one thing about all these games that are really close together i think it's smart that we mixed in some of these d2 schools because it your starters aren't going to play the whole time and it'll be allowing them to rest a little yeah bit. yeah and even i mean i guess it's not at the ideal to play d2 schools but at the same time like you said you're just getting experience in game experience and stuff yeah like also that. i mean with covid we lost all like five games i think mckay said and then one hundred fifty thousand dollars. so i mean Obviously, we're trying to rebuild our schedule, and I think the Space Coast Challenge makes it our schedule really good. And then, I mean, talking about being like a good neighbor, like I'm sure these D2 schools need some money too, Yeah. and I bet we're being helpful to them by playing yeah. them. And something also I noticed when looking at the schedule, and maybe you'll recognize some of these names, um, they're, I mean, they are small D2 schools, but there are a lot of like Christian D2 schools, uh, like Bluefield, I believe they're a Christian school. And um seems like Liberty's kind of, like, they, they need the games, but mm-hmm. the D2 schools also need the games. Yeah, for the money, we're going to pay yeah. them to play them. Yeah. So, talking about all the games in a tight schedule, November 30th against UMass. Um, is there 31 days in November? Dad, don't ask. Don't ask me the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, the, or whatever the game is, or maybe the 30th is Siena, I don't know, but... That that's a Monday. Then Thursday is the St. Francis game, December third. Then Saturday is the Bluefield game, and then the next Wednesday, a big game is at Missouri. So might play an SEC foe early on against Mississippi State, but then we definitely have a road game against Missouri. That would be so a tough pumped. test. I'm pumped for that game. I feel good. We both have a mutual hatred for Missouri. So. Yeah, more to do with football, but also basketball, I suppose. Yeah. And Missouri's been kind of the bottom of the SEC recently. Um, I think Liberty could definitely pull off an upset here. The next game is versus Carolina University. That's December 12th, so another Wednesday-Saturday game. Carolina University is from Winston-Salem, and they're in the NCCAA, which is the National Christian Collegiate Athletic Association. So that should be... um, yeah, just yeah, and another. also another school we're helping out probably. Yeah, the following game is against South Carolina State. Um, but all, all the rest of these games, by the way, are home games for Liberty. Um, South Carolina State is a D one school. They're part of the MEAC, the the Meek. Meak. Meak. Is that how it is? I think so. <laughs> I just want to say like Meep, like Virginia's <laughs> verb, but <laughs> yeah. Um, they're from Orangeburg, South Carolina. That's a fun. Men say too. Um, I I don't know how good they are or anything, but yeah. The next ga- the next two games are against Regent. 
and UVA-wise. Um, Regent is a NCAA, NCCAA school, another Christian school, and UVA-wise is another D2 school. So more local Christian schools. Regent, I think, is Virginia Beach, and UVA-wise is from Wise, Virginia. I don't know where that is, but I would assume it's close. <laughs> and then the final home game, the final non-conference game, is against Alcorn State, and they're from Mississippi. They're part of the SWAC, the SWAC. Yeah. And they are also D1. So um, you got any predictions for the non-conference record? Oh, I think, I guess if we're going to be ambitious, all right. <laughs> I'd say, like you said, Space Coast, I think we could go one and one. Um, I think we could beat Missouri. I don't know, like... Or maybe we lose both games at Space Coast, beat Missouri. I see us beating one of these high major teams, though. At yes, least one. Definitely. Um, I mean, beat every non-Division One school. And honestly, I feel like we could, I mean, we could go undefeated at home going into conference play. Yeah. Hmm. I guess it's out of 12 games. I, my prediction, I'd say 10 and 2. Okay, that's, I guess that's what mine would be, yeah. too. Hopefully, um, I think very possibly could end up 11 and 1 with just dropping one of those big teams undefeated that means Liberty's good Liberty's here to play <laughs> possibly be ranked in basketball that'd be pretty cool got close last year but they didn't want to do it <laughs> <laughs> they knew what the right thing was to do but they didn't <laughs> they didn't have the strength to do it <laughs> I know what we have to do yeah that'd be cool to see Liberty football and basketball be ranked in the mm-hmm. same year but that's just uh, our ambitions talking mm-hmm. but if it happens you can credit it to the spark bot. You heard yep. it here first. That's right. <laughs> Moving on to the fan the flames segment. So the first thing, I want you to fan the flames or douse the flames on this quote from Hugh Freeze. Talking about the NC State game this weekend starts at 7.30. He said, it's close to my bedtime, though. I've got to figure that one out. I like to go to bed at 8 or 8.30. So are you fanning the flames for Hugh Freeze's early bedtime? I mean, I'll fan the flames if we keep winning games. I mean, if he's even going to bed at 8.30 this whole season and we're 8-0, keep doing it, Hugh. Obviously not that (laughs) night because we're playing. But, you know, sleep in, get your rest. Yeah. Personally, I'm a late night person. I mean, I'm an all times a day person, but I like to stay up late at night. But I don't judge people who have a schedule. Although eight, eight thirty—that's like my dad. Like that's kind of early, but I don't know. He—he's a father. He's got to coach the team. Whatever keeps you winning, fan the flames for that one. <laughs> Second thing, fan the flames. The 2021 NCAA tournament is to be played in one location. And it's most likely going to be Indianapolis. You fan the flames or douse the flames on this one? Douse the flames. I, I mean, I get it. Okay. COVID don't, or people, I don't know, CDC don't come get me. But like, <laughs> I understand doing it because of COVID and less, you know, traveling and whatnot. That makes sense. All right. I'm not here to talk about that. From a purely basketball standpoint. The history of the tournament and the different locations and the nostalgia and like what makes the tournament the greatest sporting event in the history of mankind. And I think I can say that and make an argument for it. I think most people would agree. 
I would. And, like, the, I think, yeah, douse the flames to the one place. <laughs> I agree with you on one of the greatest sporting events of all time, but I have to disagree on your douse the flames <laughs> assessment. Um, now, I'll play in the flames for this year. Does that mean I want to see this happen every year? Heck no. <laughs> but I like to see just this one year um, trying something a little bit different. And obviously, I mean, COVID's had an impact on a lot of things. Anything to be able to get a full season in, anything to be able to get March Madness in. Um, I think Indianapolis, I saw some pictures that they could use like high school arenas. And they actually have some really nice high school arenas in and around the Indianapolis area. So I think that would be a kind of cool thing to do. Um, and I don't know if, if they would set it up like a bubble. The one, the one curiosity I have is like, would all the student athletes stay in Indianapolis until they lose? Like, how would that work? Because then they're having to do a lot of online school and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'll fan the flames for this one time. Now, if this happens in 2022, no, I'm dousing the flames, <laughs> but... <laughs> The last one, fan the flames on Malik for Heisman. USA Today and a few others have kept him in their Heisman watch. I will fan the flame. I mean, are we saying like win it or like in, Just consideration? in consideration? I'll fan the flames for consideration. I don't know. I mean, for him. All right. Hypothetically, <laughs> undefeated Liberty Flames win bowl game, undefeated season. I could fan the flames for uh, Malik Willis winning the Heisman. But regardless of any of that, because that's all just in my head and my dreams, I definitely fan the flames for the consideration. Uh, He's done great so far. And, I mean, he's leading the country as far as quarterbacks and rushing yards. He's still throwing the ball great. So Yeah, Yeah, I also fan the flames. Um, I mean, do I think he's going to win it? No, there's... Guys like Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, um, Kyle Trask. Um, I mean, they're better conferences with better teams. But Malik's, and some of the things that I, you sent me something, Cade, and he was like sixth on the list behind a lot of those guys. So that's certainly really cool to see. Um, yeah, I'm certainly fan the flames for that. I also saw this cool stat today about Malik. I'm trying to find it here talking about um, he's in some pretty rare company with guys like Johnny Manziel and um, what's the Lamar Jackson, that's his name, with uh, some of the stats. Um, I see a red put out another quote from Kevin Keneally. He said, Malik Willis is the fifth player to have 15-plus passing touchdowns, 9-plus rushing touchdowns, and 700-plus rushing yards through his team's first eight games of the season since 2000. And joining companies such as Johnny Manziel, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts. So those are some pretty pretty well known guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> guys that won championships and the like. So that's actually I guess only Jalen Hurts did that. But <laughs> um still pretty cool company for him. That's awesome to see. This also just popped in my head. This was supposed to be the last Fan the Flames, but Fan the Flames, if Liberty stays undefeated and wins out in a bowl game, do we pull a UCF? and put 2020 national champions on we, our stadium. We talked about this in the preseason. <laughs> I don't think we do that. I think we put, like, state champs, like Virginia state champs or um, I don't know what you would even say about the ACC, but, like, something about how we beat the ACC. Um, 
Uh, something like that. Not yeah. not UCF because that just makes me hate UCF. <laughs> I don't want people to hate us any more hate, than some well, people already yeah, hate. Yes, <laughs> a lot of people already hate. Liberty there are already enough. a lot of haters, and it is not cool. It's undeserved. You should just come hang out and see how cool it is here. Yeah. But well, in order to stay undefeated, there's one another. The next big stepping stone is the game this weekend against mm-hmm. North Carolina State. It's a road game. Starts at seven thirty. Um, this is the, really the, the latest game. All the other games have started at noon or one. So um, just a lot of question marks on what's going to happen this weekend. Um, Hugh Freeze said he believes this is the best team Liberty's played all season. Yeah, I don't how, know how are you feeling? How are you feeling about this game? I mean, it's going to be tough. I think this game we're going to throw more and be more up-tempo. Um, oh, really? Than the last game. I think we're still going to control the clock. Like we did, because I don't think we win the game unless okay. we had done that last time. But I think more in the in key drives, key scoring drives, I see us being more up-tempo than last week and throwing the ball more. I think that's one reason we were put an emphasis on that in this week with the not-as-good team. Yeah. Um, and so I think we do that. I could see some trick plays in this game. I don't necessarily think this team is the best team we've seen. Like I remember in high school, our first game of the year, we played the defending state champion, not in our same uh, like division. Like they were four A and we were five A, but like still a good team, supposed to be better than us, uh, or like theoretically. But like I remember our coach on the news because it was like a kind of a big game, trophy game, and he was talking about how good they were and how he you know talked about just incredible team they were, whatever. Didn't really. He's like, oh, we're gonna have a tough time with certain things, and I think like coaches do that. So that like you don't want your team to be cocky. Obviously, like in the locker room, he was tell he was telling us like why he said that and not wanting us to get arrogant and whatnot. And we ended up going out and winning that game. Uh, and so I think it's just like a strategy on his part. I don't necessarily know if they're the best team we've seen. Um, I think they're really good. Yeah, I honestly do think they are the best team we've seen this year. Uh, I mean, Syracuse wasn't great. Virginia Tech is pretty good. Um, it's just really hard to tell. I mean, if you do want to compare some things, NC State did play Virginia Tech. They lost 45-24, to and then um, they played Miami, lost by three, whereas Virginia Tech just played Miami and only lost by one. Um, NC State also does allow 33 points a game, so their defense kind of struggling, but I believe the last week or the last two weeks, they finally had a full roster. Um, they just beat Florida State. So I, I don't know how much that will affect. I mean, they've got a really good quarterback, mm-hmm. their offense. That's what kind of the same story of, as Virginia Tech. I feel like our offense should be able to do fine, especially with NC State allowing 33 points a game. But can the defense do their part and mm-hmm. hold at least enough to allow Liberty to get ahead and retain the lead? I also I think a key thing to really, I guess, set the tempo for how the game is going to go, will Liberty score on its first drive? And how does NC State do on its first drive? Um, I think that'll set the tempo for the game. Also, I think not turning the ball over. Like yes, yeah, and and do we get the ball to start the second half or start the game? Because mm-hmm. like when you're running that offense to control clock, like if you can just stay ahead, yes. like possession wise, where like I mean honestly, you only have to be ahead by like two possessions, and if you can just keep that up. Obviously, that's, like, ideal, whatever, but I don't know. There's just a lot of strategy that, like, 
we could have beaten Virginia Tech by more. We yeah. shot ourselves in the foot a lot. Yeah, that's what I mean. Minimize mistakes, penalties. Can't have a whole lot of those. I mean, they're probably going to happen at sooner or later, but just not big ones, mm-hmm. you know. And then, um, it, I mean, can't have two turnovers <laughs> this game. I mean, I guess technically you could, but it would. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that was very lucky that um, Liberty had two turnovers against Tech and still won. Do you have any score predictions for this one? I mean, I could see it being a high-scoring affair as, again. Uh, I don't know. Let's go. I mean, last time I said 42-35 Liberty, and it was 38-35. I feel like it could be similar. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe go like a less touchdown each one, maybe like 35-28 Liberty. Okay. I've been thinking about this one all week, going back and forth, who I'm going to pick. Uh, I know preseason I picked Liberty to win this game, but I didn't know how good NC State was going to be. Um, gosh, I just don't know. I feel like I feel like it'll definitely be a close game. NC State's favored by three. They gave ESPN, I think, gave Liberty like a 30% chance to win the game. Um, as per my predictions, I think I'm going to go 41-40. And I'll give the edge to NC State for now. That's tragic. I hope I'm wrong. I've been wrong all the other times this year. <laughs> so I hope I'm wrong again. But, um, yeah, that's my unofficial prediction. Okay. I guess I guess I can't go back, so I guess it is my official prediction. <laughs> but, yeah, certainly 7.30. You turn on, looking for the Liberty game at noon or 1, turn off your TV because 7.30 is when it's happening. Um, the road game, it's in it's in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, yeah, just tune in. It should be a good game. Hopefully the defense can do a good enough job um, containing their quarterback. I think they have another pretty good running quarterback. And, um, yeah, let's go Flames. I guess as for other things, we've been talking about shirts. We're trying to get those out. Um, Got to... Got a Liberty Virginia Tech shirt, working through some issues with that. But if we get it up, I'll post a design on the Instagram. And then also got a pack line shirt design. So we'll try to get these out. And yeah, check it out. Check us out on social medias. Anything else to plug? No, just social media. We're working on the shirts. So yeah, having a few uh, technical difficulties, one might say. But thanks for listening. Sorry for the lengthier episode, but. We just had to preview the the upcoming basketball season. So super excited for basketball. And obviously football still has quite a ways to go. But a lot of good things happening. Going after Jerry Senior's vision. Thank you guys for listening. Join the SparkPod, a better way to hear about your favorite team.